0: He is risen.
1: He is risen indeed.
0: Él ha resucitado.
1: Él ha resucitado. That's easy. You can try. Él ha ha resucitado.
0: Resucitado. That was good. Perfecto. (laughs) Thank you, Amy. Hey, he is risen indeed. We just want to welcome you to Life Community Church. We're the worship team. My name is Brett. I'm the worship pastor here, and we want to take some time and reflect just like we did This last Friday on Good Friday, we sang a song that spoke of hope. It was called Sunday is Coming, and we actually didn't finish the song. We ended it a little bit early. And this morning, we want to end the song and talk about the hope that we are experiencing now, today, on Sunday. Because he is risen. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. You all can have a seat. Kids. It's been great singing with you. Thank you for joining us for worship. You are now dismissed to Kids Life. We'll see you later. Wow, what a morning, what a celebration, remembering the resurrection. El ha resuscitado. He is risen. It is so good to have you here. I'm Dan. I'm the lead pastor here. Welcome. The sun is even out today. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Welcome. If you're new with us today, we're so glad that you could join us and be a part of Of our family this morning um something you probably picked up on here is that we're singing in english and in spanish Uh, maybe that's new if you've been here before and we just want to tell you god has done something even as a result of the pandemic you think death came right during that season in a lot of ways but he has brought new life out of that we are now uh, a church trying to be a church of of many cultures because we believe that's the way God intended the church to be. So we've seen that happen around here. If you've come and and been in and out, you'll see that and know that. And we very much believe in what God is doing today in that. So welcome. Um, I want to share with you a couple things today that are coming up. We want you to know about. Uh, Not only are we starting a brand new series next week, but we have something happening right now that's called Renew. And this Wednesday, we're having our first meeting of Renew. Renew is this time where we get a chance to, to grow deeper. We come together to grow deeper in our understanding of God's word and our understanding of, of who is God and what do we need to know about him. Um, the first one is this Wednesday, and we're going to have it's an interactive time where actually it's going to be a study of C.S. Lewis's book called The Screwtape Letters. So you've got, if you want to come this Wednesday, you've got three days to read that book. All right? So three days. You better get on it. And if you can't do that, it's no worries, because there's going to be three other times that over the next two months where we're going to gather together. Each is going to be a different book of C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis, in case you don't know, was an incredibly influential writer in the 20th century, a follower of Jesus, and it's, we, you'll be greatly blessed by interacting with, with his writing. So that's coming up. If you want more information, uh, we've got a site called mylcc.info. You can see it on the screen. You can go on there, you can sign up, you can find out more about that class. Um, Finally, June 23rd, we are having a summer event. We have no idea what it is. No idea. Because we're asking you, you know. Somebody knows out there what it is. And we're encouraging you to share. We did this last year. Share your ideas with us, and we're going to vote on those ideas. So you can do that on mylcc.info, too. All right. We had an incredibly meaningful Friday night here, if you were a part of it, remembering the death of Jesus. And today, we get to hear the word of God about the resurrection. So I'm going to pray for Tom as we start today. God, we are blessed. We are so blessed to have life in you. And you brought life, God, and it came at a great cost. And we remembered, and we do remember, because the resurrection uh, has a story before it, and that is uh, the loss of the life of our Savior. And so today, we celebrate and we pray, God, that you would you would um, do a work in our heart when it comes to, to resurrection and what it means to not only know that Jesus was risen from the dead, but also to live in the power of that. So bless Tom as he comes today and shares. And we pray all these things in your name. And everybody said?
1: Amen. Well, welcome. I'm so excited to be here with you on, on Easter Sunday. Um, we come to celebrate, right? We come to celebrate because Jesus is alive, amen. That is an idea that just animates all of life. It has altered history, and this week, as um, as we've been reflecting on on the, this the, the last week of of Jesus' uh, ministry before he went to the cross, and the, today the celebration of, of the resurrection, I've I've really just been um, something stuck out to me that I I guess. It's one of those things that maybe you know, but it, it hadn't really just rested in me before. And it's, it's that, that Jesus, in the midst of everything that was going on, Jesus knew the outcome. He knew the outcome. He knew that his father was, was capable and would, would fulfill the promise. Jesus himself had sent, said that you can take his life, but he would get it back. Yeah, he knew. And it didn't make the the sacrifice he made any less difficult, right? He still, he had to go to the cross. He had to go through it. And so today as we begin um, our time together, just just praising God, praising God for for what he's done in in the life of Jesus and and in the resurrection. um, I just I want to start by just asking like how good are you, how good are you with sort of hanging in when, when the outcome is, is out there and is uncertain, okay? See, we have this thing that's different from Jesus, right? Like he knew where things were headed, and yet at the same time, we wrestle because we don't know. How, how, how good are you, those of you, those young people, and you're thinking about college, and you have a decision to make, and, and, and what's next? How, how deeply do we wrestle with that? Not knowing what it's gonna be, how it's gonna work out. And what about when, when a relationship turns to to more, a more serious relationship and it's time to maybe ask that other person if they would commit to you in marriage and we're not sure, we think maybe they'll say yes, but we don't know what that's going to look like five years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now. We worry about it and we think about it. Are you the kind of person that likes to uh, that likes to, to rewatch the game better when you know the outcome, right? You like to watch those old fiestables, Buckeye fans, Right? Um, I, I have really enjoyed going back and watching um, the 21 World Series a couple times. Um, so, But, but, but so those, are you the kind of person that, looks, that reads the last page of the book first? Like, oh, that's fine, I can get through it now that I know what the end is. How do we do if we don't know beforehand? And today we're going we're gonna to wrap up just a very short series that we've done around here. We started last week, we spent some time on this Friday, and we're going to wrap it up today on this idea of living certain truths. Truths that are so powerful that they, they demand, they require that we actually live in them. And, and Armando shared with us last week about living praise, living Hosanna, and, and who we're praising. Are we praising the God who is real or a God of our own making? And Friday night, we, we, we wanted to, to emphasize living in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. And today we're going to ask, what does it mean to live resurrection? Because, because Easter has this has this... There's so much that's wrapped up in it, and and it it is both a celebration, but it's also a truth that it it moves into our lives. It pushes into every space of our lives, and it requires us to decide and act upon it. Right? The resurrection isn't just—it isn't just happy to be contained as a fact that we know. It's—it is the power that 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 it holds and it forms us and it, it shapes us into the image of Christ when we recognize it and we're going to read from luke chapter 24 we're going to read the 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 resurrection story from luke chapter 24 if you have your bible and 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 our enemy the devil would love for us he would love for us to make easter just just a holiday it's just one day of the year it's just it's just a day where we stop and maybe think about these deeper things and he'd love for us to leave it there, but what we want to ask today is what happens when it becomes real to us, when it becomes, when we, when we begin to live in the power of the resurrection. And so if you have your Bible and want to turn to Luke 24, if not, we've got it for you here. And it says this Luke chapter 24, verse 1 says, on the, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb. They being being this group of women that Luke had just referenced in, at the end of chapter 23. They went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They were, they were headed to the tomb of Jesus with spices in order to prepare his, his body for, for being in the grave, for, 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 uh, for burial. In verse 2, it says, And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They got to the tomb, and the stone that had put, been put in front of it to, to secure it was rolled away. And when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. The stone was moved. There was no body, in verse it says, while they were perplexed about this. That's like the understatement of all time, right? While they were perplexed, they were confused. Of course they were. It says, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. Matthew identifies this as an angel. Okay? But two men, Luke says, stood there by them in dazzling a parable, in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, this is an appropriate response, right? Um, we're, they're expecting to see a dead body. They're, what they find is an empty tomb. And then these, these, these people, men of light, are there with them. And they're, they have fear. Fear is an appropriate response to the power of God when it's on full display. So they were afraid and they bowed their heads down. And it's to the ground. And the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? We just sang that line, but what a powerful line, right? Why do you seek the living among the dead? You're looking in the wrong place for someone who's alive, they tell him, Verse 6, it says, he is not here, but has risen. That's Easter, right? He is not here. He's risen. The grave can't contain him. He's come out of it. He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while you were still in Galilee that the son of man, that's him, Jesus, must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. He, he said, Do you, don't you remember? He said this was going to happen. He said it would take place. He told you this was the plan. And just like them, how often are we perplexed or surprised when God comes through? How often are we surprised when we see Turning away from sin, when we see the reconciliation of broken relationships, when we see God delivering in our in our times of need, we still get surprised, and yet He does it. He does it. The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's at work today. He says, Don't you remember? In verse 8, it says, And, and they remembered his words. They were told when the the angels spoke to them, they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the rest, to the 11 disciples who had followed Jesus to the end, and then all the others. The women began a tradition on that Easter Sunday. They started a pattern where they had experienced the resurrection, and then they went and told others about it. They lived it that that morning. They they went in expecting one thing. And instead, they experienced God in in, in the fullness of the resurrection of Jesus. And they went out from there and lived it. And they told anyone that they could find what had happened. This event, this event, this fully embodied resurrection of Jesus, he was dead and now he is alive this is it has become the central truth of, of the christian faith they understood it right away that this was this was enormous this was big this was this was so different this was something else this was something other they began to interpret everything else through this reality of jesus identity and and and, and as as the son of god and and God's uh, affirmation of his identity through the resurrection. The power of life and death are held in his hand. This truth that he was dead and now he's alive. And so we we come together this morning and we celebrate that. But we also ask what difference does it make? How do we live it? How do we live in that truth? And the scriptures say a lot about this. They say a lot about this. We're just going to look at four things. We're going to look at four things this morning and ask, what difference does it make that that the resurrection is not just something that happened? It's not just something that I agree that it, that it took place, but it's something that changes my life. It has real impact on who we who we are. And so they came out of the resurrection, and 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 we're going to look at four things from the Apostle Paul. Okay, the Apostle Paul, one of the the. the um, the writer of uh, many letters in the first century who who are kept for us together in the scriptures today. And we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 4 first where it says this. Paul writes this. He says, Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Okay. Paul writes this to the church in Corinth and he says these words. He says, Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring, bring us with you into his presence. Notice a few things here. He says, Paul writes and he says this. He who raised the Lord Jesus. Notice that, that the act of resurrection, the act of resurrection was not Jesus alone. But it, it's it, someone else did this. He's referring to God the Father. The, the Father raised the Lord Jesus. But he doesn't stop with that. He says he's going to also raise us with him. He's gonna raise us with him and bring us with you into his presence. We we can't, because here's the thing. As we are, as we are, we cannot meet God as we are. Do we catch this? So the same thing that took place for Jesus, his death and his resurrection takes place for us because we aren't fit to meet God as we are. So, so, the sa- so we will experience resurrection. The first thing we pick up on that the, the first Christians recognize that they record for us about this event is that believers share in the resurrection of Jesus. It's not something that happened to Jesus and is left to him, but we share in the resurrection. We partake in it. And in not just in the event of the resurrection, we partake in the power of the resurrection that moves us so that we can be in the presence of God. That's, that's incredible. It's incredible. All, the, all Everything that we carry, all the sin and the shame of our life, it's undone by the work of resurrection. And God who rose whose power rose Jesus from the grave, it's the same power that that brings life to us. The same thing. When we believe, when we trust in him, we receive that same power so that we can enter into the presence of God. So the resurrection isn't just something that happened. It's not just a a moment back in history. The resurrection is, is a reality that we participate in as we trust in our Savior, in the one that that God first rose from the grave. So take a look at what Paul writes in Ephesians, and he says this. He says, What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? What is this power? There is this power. What is it? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So it's the same thought, right? It's the same thought, but he takes it further in Ephesians, and he says there's this Power toward those who believe. Believe in what? Well, believe in Christ. Believe in what God has done beforehand through the resurrection of Jesus. And the resurrection, notice what it says there, the resurrection preceded Jesus being, being established in his position, that it came first. He, he, he died, he rose, and now he's seated at the right hand of God. He has God's authority, his power with him. And in the very next chapter, Paul continues this thought. There's some other things, but we're going to look at chapter 2, verse 4. He continues this thought, and Paul writes this, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespass, trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. He's, he's made us alive in the same way with Christ. Again, similar thought, but he goes on. He says, by grace you have been saved. It's God's goodness to do this. God is not, he's not obligated by anything other than his own goodness and grace to share these blessings with us. There's no calculus in the universe that makes the scales line up so that we must receive this from God. It's just his goodness to us. And so we gather together on on an Easter Sunday morning to celebrate the fact that God saw fit. God saw fit to bring Jesus to life and then to share that goodness with us just because of his grace. It's by grace we've been saved. And notice it says, and raised up with him. And he seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you catch this? Where has in, in, in the last chapter he put he placed Jesus' resurrection, and then he's at the right hand of God. And here in chapter two he says, "And he has placed us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We, we are with Him. This is our status. It's where we stand. It's where we sit with Him. And he gives us us so that verse seven, so that in the coming ages, In the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Do you see this? Notice the the tense. Look at verse 6. He raised us up. It's happened. It's past tense. It took place. He's raised us up with him and seated us with him. We stand with Jesus before the throne of God so that these riches the riches, of, the riches of his grace and his kindness can be seen. And so there's a theological truth in, in, in the resurrection. But there's also this reality, there's also this reality that the whole story of Jesus is all part of the plan. It's all part of one plan. And it's all part of one plan that, that allows us to be with God in his presence, seated with Christ at his right hand. Because you see, because of the resurrection, what he's writing is that the end of the story is already written. Those who, who, who likes the last chapter first? Who wants to know what happens? Does the hero live or, or does the hero? Like, I, I brought something today to share with you, okay? Um, I've actually, I think I've shared this with you once before, but I'm going to use it for a different reason today. Um, I, um, I, have, I have in front of you a quilt, okay, that my mom made for me. Hi, Mom. You probably see this, okay? It is made up of all my little league jerseys. Maybe not all of them, There were probably, I know, right, aw, oh, that's so nice. These are, these are all these little jerseys that I wore, going all the way back, I think this maroon one in the middle is like I was six or seven years old, okay? There's a lot of baseball wrapped up in this. There's a few all-star jerseys, but it's not a big deal, there were a lot of, you know, <laughs> so. Um, but but, but I, I actually brought this out today because down here in this corner, <laughs> I played on the Mets. It No, it pains me to say. <laughs> it pains me to say that I played on the Mets when I was a 13, 14-year-old boy, and there's, there's actually still Davis Field dirt right on there. Okay, This is the genuine article. But I need to tell you something about this team. <clears throat> the um, the uh, Pinellas Park National Little League Mets We're an expansion team. If you don't know what that means, it means that there were no players on the team the year before. We were just all made up of of kinda new new players to the league. And we were bad. I mean really bad. Um, In fact, we were so bad that our coach quit on us before the season started. (laughs) I I wish I were kidding. There's zero chance he's gonna see this. His name was Brian McCurdy. he, he, he had coached in the league, and he was going to take on this challenge, and he went to, like, two practices and said, I'm out, okay? And, and we played out the season. My dad actually stepped in and coached. He was, my dad was done coaching. He retired from coaching Little League, and he stepped in to coach that team. But I'm telling you, we lost every game, every game. And it was, it was brutal. Long, long nights at the, at the ball field just getting demoralized, okay? Um. And I thought, th- thought about that with this, and I thought th- about this question. If we had known going into that season, if we had known that we were going to play out the season, all 20 games or whatever it was, and we were going to lose everyone, and not only were we going to lose everyone, we were going we to lose them so bad that they'd end them early, you know, shut the lights off and get these kids off the field. We are going to lose them so bad that at times it might have been a little bit dangerous that us we were playing with kids two and three years older than us and just, like, if we had known going in what the outcome would be, would we still have played? Would we still have played? And I, I think I might have, okay, because I was a little bit, <laughs> I was a little bit um, insane about playing baseball. But I know many of my teammates would not have. There's no, they would have. They would have done exactly what Coach McCurdy did. Right? They would have pulled the plug and moved on. And here's the thing about our lives as we live them now. Okay? We know the outcome. If, we, if we've trusted Christ, we know the outcome. The outcome is this. We are seated at the right hand of God with Christ Jesus, our Savior, who preceded us into death and new life through the resurrection. We know the outcome. What difference does knowing the outcome make? Can it help us endure when we're not sure what's coming next? Can it help us stand up to potential ridicule for, for actually associating ourselves with with, with the God of the Bible when, when, when the culture pushes against us? Can it help us hang in when parenting is tough or being parented is tough? Can it keep, help keep us honest when dishonesty might seem expedient? Can we continue to sacrifice for those around us even though we just as soon not? If we already know the outcome, you see, I think that knowing the outcome makes all the difference. It allows us to take that next step, to make the next move. It allows us to to endure any level of shame that is going to be insignificant compared to the shame of Jesus on the cross. Because he went before us into death and new life. The outcome is fixed. We know that it's true. The question becomes, where do we go from there? What do we do next? And and, and Paul gives us some more insight in Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6, he says this. He says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? He uses this, this symbol of this cultural symbol of being immersed in the water. That all of us who were baptized, immersed into Jesus... We were, you were immersed into his death. You share in the sacrifice of his death. And he says in verse four, we were buried therefore with him in baptism into death in order that just as Christ has, Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You catch the image here? Just as, just as we die with Christ, our our. our our lives are given over to Christ. We rise with him. We are, we are risen with him to a new life. And so the, the third thing that we've seen, we've seen um, that we, we share in the resurrection, the power of it, we've seen that we know the end. And the third thing is this, that we know that we, we walk in a new life because of the resurrection. Everything changes. We walk in a new life. For those who followed Christ, the resurrection symbolizes this very real change, this shift That once I was dead, but now I'm alive. I have a new way of life. I have a new way of life. I may not be changing the what of my life, but I certainly change the why in my life and the how of my life. I'm still going to go to work. I'm still going to love my family. I'm still going to do the things I was doing before, but I'm doing them for a different purpose. And hopefully in a new manner, because I'm sharing not just in the sacrifice of Jesus in his death, but in the power of his new life. Oh, that's a game changer, isn't it? It changes everything. So we share in the resurrection. We know the end because of the resurrection, and we walk in a new life and last. The last thing we see about the resurrection is this. Paul writes to the church in Colossae. He says, if then you have been raised with Christ, there it is, if this has happened, if everything we've laid out this morning is true, if we've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. The same language we've seen before, right? See, not, if, this is the, if this is the situation, if this is our situation, that once we've trusted Christ, once we've believed, once we've associated with him in his death as a, as a payment for our sin, if that is true, if that's the case, he says, Look, seek what is above, where he, if that's your position, you're placed with him. Seek that. Think that way, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And he says this in verse 2 Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Here it is For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You've died. So, not, not like we've died to ourselves, we're risen with him. We have a new life in him. So if we've been raised, it's, look, look, if you ha- have been raised, it's past tense. If this is where you are, you have been raised with Christ. It's already happened. The believer's position is such that we aren't waiting on God to do this for us. It has happened. It has happened. It's already done. We stand with Christ and standing in Christ, we have the fullness of the power of God, the full resurrection power. Isn't that the best fuel possible? And so what do we do? He says we fix our mind. Set Right? Like, have your mind set on your mindset. Did I do okay there? Have your mind set on your mind. Set your mind on this. It's an interesting word. It actually is like mortar, right? Like, like put, your, put, put this thinking in concrete. Bind bricks together with it. This reality, this truth. It takes work on our part to consciously focus our thinking on this reality that we are found with Christ at the right hand of God because we associate with him in his resurrection. That's the, that's the power of Easter. That's what it is to live resurrection. It's not, it's, it's, we are called to, to worship and to praise, absolutely. But it's not just doing that. We ought to go and, and, and share this, but it's not just that. It produces those things, but it's not contained by them. It's fixing our things. Fixing our Thoughts, our, our, our thinking has to be set that this is our reality. It's not the reality that we believe we're living in, the reality where, where our life can be taken because the truth is we are already fully alive. That's the power of Easter to live in the resurrection. And so we share in the resurrection, we know that the, the end, we know the outcome. We walk a new life of setting our minds. This is living resurrection. So today we want everyone to know that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Amen? Jesus is alive. But he's, his, there's, it doesn't stop there because those who believe in him share in that living resurrection power, it is ours. And I'm going to pray for us this morning. And and, um, I realize on an Easter Sunday morning, there's going to be many of us sitting here who maybe we've never heard about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Maybe we're not sure. Maybe we've heard about it and haven't really thought about it. Maybe there's those of us who've thought about it in the past, and it's been a long time. And I'm going to pray this morning for all of us. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me, to just recognize what it is that God has done for us and to, to ask that the resurrection power of Jesus be placed in our heart and our life that we, we can, can have it. Will you pray with me? Our Father, we, uh, we thank you for this power. We thank you for the power uh, that, that brought Jesus to life. And Jesus, we thank you for, for walking that road. We thank you for your, your faith in the promises that made it possible for you to go to the cross for us, knowing, knowing that your Father was, was good to keep his word that, that you would live. And so today, we just, we pause And God, I I pray with those this morning who may not know you, may be far from you, and ask, Lord, would you be known? For those, God, who who are taking first steps of trusting you, we ask. We ask that the power of your life, that your resurrection, Jesus, would be real. That as we trust in you, that you would be known to us. And God, we pray today for those who just, um, pray with those that, that it may be far from you, that, that it's, they know you, but it just, the, the, the relationship is at a distance and we, we ask for a return, a return to, to you and your power, the reality of living in the truth of our position with you, Christ Jesus. Would you help us there? And God, we thank you for, um, for this life. We ask that you would um, continue to show us more and more of who you are and what you've done for us. Give us, give us faith. Increase it. Show us what it means to live in the truths that you say are already reality. We pray all this in Christ's name, amen.
0: Thank you, Father God, for what you did for us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and bringing us back to life with you, Father God. Thank you for giving us life. In your name we pray, amen.
1: Yes, all glory and honor and power and praise to him who has conquered sin and death because he loves us. Thank you guys so much for being here to praise the resurrected King. Um, We hope you'll join us next Sunday as we're starting a new sermon series. And head to mylcc.info if you're um, interested in the dates and the books that we'll be reading in the C.S. Lewis class that starts this Wednesday. Um, Have a blessed rest Sunday, rest of your Sunday. (laughs)